Uh, I've been doing a what-if series, and, and this one is, like all of them, it's, it's a tough question to ask. It's one we don't ask a lot because we sound like we're accusing somebody of something. And we don't really like to accuse somebody of something, so we don't ask this question. But here's the question. What if being part of the church could be as dangerous as being immersed in the world? In other words, what if being a part of your youth group at church or whatever is just as dangerous as you being out with people who aren't believers? And is that even possible? It is possible, unfortunately. Now, you might look and say, i got to think about everyone else in my youth group. I want you to think about you when I'm talking here, not everyone else in your youth group or everyone else in your church. Because the Bible is very clear about some things. In, in the book of Jude, and I would encourage you to go to the book of Jude and just read it through. It's a, it's a one-chapter book, not, not that much time to spend in it. Jude's very concerned about something. He's concerned about the fact that what's happened is there's, there's people who act like they really love God, but they don't, and they're sneaking in places. And when you really find out who they are, it's devastating. And, and all of you probably have seen that. People who maybe teach the Bible or act a certain way or give you a certain vibe, and then you get to know them, you go, boy, that's not true. See, that... That's dangerous because you begin to trust people and listen to them and all of a sudden you're very vulnerable because of that. I've warned, uh, this is a, a true warning that I've given to young girls who actually come to me and ask, which is getting less and less and less, so I must be old and scary or something, but maybe because I had daughters one time and, and I warn them, I say, you know what, sometimes the most dangerous date that you will go on is with a Christian guy. And they'll me, why? That, I try and pick Christians. Good for you. You should. But what happens is when you go with a guy that isn't a believer, and I don't think you should in the first place, by the way, but if you did, you have your guard up. Because they act like they're not Christians with you. But if you go with a Christian guy... You let your guard down because they're supposed to act a certain way. That's dangerous, by the way. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's why it could be dangerous within something that we call a church or youth group or something like that. Regardless of who's around you, the people around you are sinful. They, they are. It, it's not that they dwell in sin and say, I'm going to proud of my... No, those who love God... They're going to act like they love God. And those who don't love God but are part of a group that loves God will act like they love God, but they don't. And I want to tell you that all of you, including myself, we're all capable of doing that. We're all capable of acting like something we're really not. My exhortation to you this morning will be don't be the person who acts out of who they really are. Act. If you really love God, you should act like you love God. We need to make clear who's who in the body. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, so Jews saying, you know, I really wanted to write to you about this, but I found it necessary to write an appeal, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So, so Jude's saying, you know what? 
I wanted to talk about something else, but what I have to talk about is the fact that if you know who God is, you need to start fighting for who he is. Because there's people who have distorted who he is. They're talking about who he is, but that's not who he is. See, the only way to know who God is is being in the Bible. That's the only way. If you say, well, I know who God is because I listen to Dave. You know, Dave's Dave. He's human. I can be an absolute fool and idiot at times. I, yes, I've read the Bible. Yes, I know who God is. But I take that responsibility personally to get to know who God is. And you need to take it personally. Because I've read the Bible through so many times, if you were to come to me and say, I think God is like this, and, and I don't see it, I would say, I don't think so. Not because I want to argue even, but because I've read the Bible so many times, and what you said doesn't fit this. And you might say, well, what do you think? You know everything? No, no I don't, but I have. You know, you know, at times it gets tiring arguing with people about what God's Word says who, haven't, who hasn't read God's Word. Read it. And then have an opinion. Talk to God. Study it. Memorize. Then talk about it. It's interesting. He says, you know, I want you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And then he goes on to the warning, which we don't like. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny the only master, Lord Jesus Christ. There will be people who sneak into your churches and your groups. And they will look like they are part of God's body. They will look like they are part of you, but they're only directed by their passion and their sensuality, their feelings. And what they've done is they've learned how to play the game so that they can fit in. But they're not genuine. You might say that's really hard to see. Oh, it is. It is. That's why you have to examine your own heart. And you do have the ability to lie to yourself. You really do. So you want to examine yourself, not other people. You want to know that you actually know God, that you love him. You want to know that your actions actually come from loving him and not from some rules that you're setting up so everyone else thinks good about you. Because once you start acting so that other people think good about you, now we don't know if that's real or not anymore. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't do good if you don't agree with it. That, that has nothing to do with it. I think you should do right whether you feel like it or not, though. You should be in that habit. Why? Because you know who God is and you say, I want to listen to him. It's interesting how Jude goes right to the point here and says, I really would rather talk to you about this, but I have to talk to you about this because it's beginning to sway you. It's beginning to change who you are. And not only that, it's very dangerous. You know, if, if I talk to a young couple, and the, again, they were on a date or something, the young lady trusted this guy to respect her, and he didn't, I think, that's tragic. That's absolutely tragic. We, we need to understand the truth and live by it. And, and really, we need to know those people who are willing to do that. Jude 1.7, just as in Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desires, serve in his example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. It's interesting. When, when you look at 
places like Sodom and Gomorrah, you realize that these people did things they shouldn't do, but somehow people got in the middle of it and thought it was okay. In fact, Lot was around. In 2 Peter, which is a book that is very similar to Jude, in 2 Peter, the last mention of Lot is that he was a righteous man who detested the ways of those around him. And I look at that verse sometimes, and when I first read it, I said, Lot, a righteous man? That's confusing to me. How could he be a righteous man? He was a part of Sodom and Gomorrah. How, how, could, he be a, how could he be a righteous man? Well, you can be. See, what, what happened, Lot, if you look at his life, and I won't make too much of it, because the Bible doesn't say this exactly, but what happened was, first of all, Lot was directed how? By his selfishness. Remember, his uncle Abraham came to him and said, you know, our people are fighting. Why don't you take one direction, I'll take the other. And what did Lot do? He looked and he took the best for himself. The godly man, Abraham, okay, fine. So number one thing that we see in Lot was that he was about Lot. About himself. Not only that, then he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Well, what does that do? Not a lot, but when you pitch towards something, the idea is, I'm looking at it, I'm wondering about it, I'd probably go in there and dabble in it a little bit, but I wouldn't live there. Well, eventually, he lived in Sodom. The question is, how did he get from being with Uncle Abe to living in Sodom? where eventually he offered his daughters to be raped all night, ran from the city, his wife turned into a pillar of salt, his daughters got him drunk and raped him. This doesn't end well for him. But it didn't have to be that way. He didn't recognize the steps. Nobody goes from here to there. And, And what Jude is talking about here is you have to be careful because what happens is people start making decisions based on their urges, their desires, their feelings. Not on truth. Look, there are so many times, if you want to develop a habit, I would suggest you develop the habit of being honest with your feelings and not letting them control you. So... Let's say Micah does something I don't like. I might say, Micah, I don't like that. I want to punch you. That's my honest feeling. But then I'll say, but I won't because that would be wrong and I, wouldn't, and I want to be kind. So at least I'm dealing with it. You know, if you ask me, would you like to take out the garbage? I'll say no, and then I'd go take it out. I, I want to deal with my feelings. I want to tell you, no, I don't really feel like doing that. I never felt like taking out garbage. I don't feel like taking it out today. However, it needs to be taken out, so I'll go pick it up and take it out. You know how good we are not identifying the problem? You know, one day, one day, I want to get to the point where when, you, you know, Linda wants me to take out garbage, I go, God, God, I get to get, I... And the only way that's going to come, really, is when I think, oh, I get to do this because she's still sleeping, and when she gets up, the kitchen can be clean, so I can do that. Now it's a love thing, and I do it for a different reason. I'm not doing it necessarily because I like the garbage, or the process of Bringing it out. But here's the fun thing in life. I can actually deal with the truth in my life. I can look at myself and go, 
you know, I'm, I'm driving somewhere. Now, growing up in Chicago and in, in our neighborhood, one of the most, the biggest insults you could do is cut somebody off in the car. Especially if you were wearing a different high school jacket. So when someone cuts me off on the highway still, I go, what is this guy doing? I go, I'm done getting around that guy, teach him a lesson, jam on the brakes. And Linda looks at me and goes, who did I marry? I go, I know, I won't do it. She says, why do you even want to? Ta-da. Because I can be an idiot. But you know, what happens is I'm dealing with who I really am. I'm saying, I really like, to, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, that's, see, I, I recognized it. I'm not playing that I don't ever feel that way. I'm not playing the game that I'm perfect in all my thoughts and everything that I say. I'm not playing that game. So then I can put up things to help me not fail. If I really think I'm playing the game, then I don't put up things that'll help me when I really need the help. Dude saying, you know what? It, this is what, this is the example I'm giving you. And in Romans, if you remember in chapter 1, where it says people who start to live by their feelings, what's going to happen is God gave them over to their dishonorable passions. If you look at our culture right now, Romans 1 describes it. Why? Because that's what it is. It should not describe the church. It should not describe how we operate. It describes how the godless operate. And sometimes we think, well, God could change that. He could just make it different. He could. But there are times where God knows, obviously, every time you do something you shouldn't do, he knows that. And eventually, here's what you'll find out. When you live the way you're not supposed to, eventually you'll you'll find out that God's right. And you'll wish you didn't do it. That's all I know for sure. So what's the really smart person do? They figure out what God is saying ahead of time. And then adjust to it. Because then there's a whole lot less scars in life. Are there scars in life for every one of you, for me, for everybody? There are scars. Look, and some of you might think, oh, you don't understand. You know, everyone has scars. You know, I was the kid in the wheelchair when I was a kid in a school that everyone made fun of in the Chicago public schools. I understand that. I understand. I was always the last to be picked for any sport. And if my brother was picking the team, he would pick me second from last out of a pity. I understand that. You know, it's interesting in life to think that somehow we've got to do things to feel okay about life. You know what I learned from all that? I'm not a superstar athlete. Maybe I should put my effort somewhere else. It has nothing to do with my human worth or value. To this day, nobody here has asked me to play ultimate frisbee with them. Not that I can't, not that I'm not a superstar. They just haven't asked. And if you do, I'll say no because I can't play and I'm really going to be a detriment to you. We need to understand who we are. We need to understand those who are directed by only their passions or feelings are going to be in trouble. Characteristics of false teachers. These people blaspheme all they don't understand. Here, I'm going to give you some characteristics of people that, first of all, if they don't understand it, they don't agree with it, they rail on it. Look at social media. You'll see what I'm talking about. 
don't disagree with this politician, this person, that person. I'm just going to blast them. You know, that's the habit of false teachers. They make it so that... The reason they do that, by the way, is they're trying to build a majority of opinion around themselves. And if they get a majority of opinion, then they don't care about the truth anymore. So they just blaspheme all that they don't understand. They're destroyed by all that they, like unreasoned animals, understand instinctively. They're destroyed by their feelings, their instinctive feelings. When that's used like that saying, what happens is they're destroyed because they act like animals. Animals and humans are different. We're not to act like animals. But those who are false teachers, all they got directing them is their instinct. Not God. Jude 116. Here's other characteristics. They're grumblers. Always complaining. Why? Because the world doesn't revolve around them. And as part of what they're trying to do is get the world to revolve around them. They're malcontents, which is another way of saying grumblers, I guess. Following their own sinful desires, which we've talked about. They are loudmouth boasters. They're trying to make sure you focus on them. Showing favoritism to gain advantage. They are people who, when they think they can get something from you, you're elevated to them. They'll make sure that you're cared for better because they want whatever you can provide for them. See, they're really not about you. They're about them. And that's the characteristic that's there. My personal responsibility, Jude 178, 23. But you, Dave, you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles, our Lord Jesus. They said to you, in the last day, there'll be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. In the last day, that's what's going to happen. It is these who cause division, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, in other words, please, you, be different. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God. But you, Dave, spend time in God's Word. Enjoy who He is. Respond to Him, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Bask in his mercy and his grace because you are sinful, but enjoy his mercy, enjoy his grace. Don't make it a license to do stupid things. That's not what you do. You bask in it because of its availability. And have mercy on those who don't, who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. You can really know those who are really part of God's family because they really hate sin. I mean, they see it and they hate it. Well, it's not that they you know, wouldn't find a momentary pleasure in some of it, but, but they begin to see what it does to people. They begin to see how it destroys lives, and they begin to hate sin. That's my personal responsibility. Spend time with God, know what he says, and listen to him. It's really that simple. And to be honest in what I do, I'm just asking you personally, look at your life. Read the book of Jude a couple times. Read the book of Second Peter with it, too. Read both of them, because they're both addressing. When you read it, you almost think, the same guy wrote it, which is God, so probably did. But when you read it, it's, it's amazing how similar they are. So Peter and Jude are both trying to warn us about something. And it's not often talked about because it's uncomfortable to talk about. Because you're saying, well, who is it in this room? All of us. All of us are capable of this. All of us can be people who ignore the truth. However, there's people 
who just really play the game. And eventually, I promise you, anyone that plays the game, eventually, it comes back to hurt them. Eventually, it's exposed. And you don't want to be in that category. Be very careful. You should make associations with those who love God. You should be serving like you are this summer with those who love God. But realize that Satan will continue to try and infiltrate. Take away some of those things so he can't get you. Take away the idea that a majority of people must be right. Because Satan will try and use that against you. Take away the idea that you have to campaign for what's right and have people around you. Don't do that. There is a right and wrong whether you understand it or not, whether you believe in it or not. Get into the Bible, know what it says. Stick to it. And when people don't know it, extend mercy and grace to them. But don't let them influence you. You can be okay if you just know the truth. If you know it well enough, then those who aren't living in the truth, it'll be evident to you who they are. You don't need to concentrate on who they are. You need to concentrate on the truth. And the truth then will play itself out in front of you. And you'll go, that doesn't match that. And now you can make a right decision. Hopefully. Father, and thank you that we could meet. Thank you for each of these who are giving up their time to help these young people come to know who you are. We pray that today is a day where the angels rejoice, where some of these junior high kids that are here will really understand that you love them, understand that you sent your son to die for them, and place their trust in him as their savior. Let this be the day that their life begins to turn for real in another direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.